Welcome to Sitting With My Sisters. We are three friends in three different places with three different perspectives. Bringing you a podcast to share the love, light, and goodness of Jesus Christ as we go through the recent general conference talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm one of your hosts, Melissa Hoy, and with me are my sisters, Kristen Lawler and Jamie Stone. All right, here it is again, sitting with my sisters. Hello. Hola. <laughs> we should have switched. <laughs> you said hello, so I had to say hola. <laughs> well, we are heading into the, sa- uh, the Saturday afternoon session um, of the general conference um, of the April session with Elder Holland not as the world giveth. You know, after reading this talk, I kind of felt like it was like this warning sign, you know, warning for, for future future years to come. Um, I was listening to a podcast that the Church News put out from, ooh, it was from uh, the Relief Society president. And she was saying that the a lot of the leaders, when they give their talks, these apostles, they don't just give it for, the um that session but they're really giving it for years and years and years to come and so with all of the talks about kindness and love and now grasping on to christ and his principles because of the things to come forth getting a little bit worried about the the road ahead of us but luckily we have these apostles to to guide us and to lead us and to to help us so we can we can uh hopefully feel peace amongst ourselves. So um, so Elder Holland talks about Christ and on how one of the things that he left right before, um, right before this, uh, right before he was, uh, his crucifixion and then eventually resurrection is that he said to his disciples, let your heart not be troubled. Ye believe in God, also believe in me. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Um, And he gives a very just powerful statement. And Elder Holland says he gives it to them, but also not to them, but also to us. This is a message to us too, that there are challenging times in this world, but yet Christ is here with us even though he has gone ahead of us and has um, resurrected and come back, he is there to help us in our times of trouble. And it's something that we need to be able to be ready for. Um, So he talks about even the modern day scriptures that we have now um, and the the Book of Mormon that was able to come forth to is all about um, the conflict and the problems and showing the ideas of what these last days are going to come at and how the and I at the very end it kind of she talks about how he warns us the the book one one things that it warns us is that that violent and conflict will be a signature characteristic of relationships in the last day um and I really just took was taken back a lot about about how the the conflict and violence in in a relationship and on how the, such a need to hear each other and to love each other um, is is being lost a lot in in today's society. 
That story to me is just an incredible example of pure love. Like to tell these disciples who he's going to be betrayed by and hurt by and turned over to men to like be able to tell them like to not be afraid because I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Like I think to myself, could I say that to somebody knowing that they're going to stab me behind my back? And I just think that's such a great message that Elder Holland is trying to get a across that no matter how much contention goes on in the world, how much wrongdoing is done towards us, like we can always choose love and forgiveness and follow the example of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, well, I feel too, like with the conflict, I see it more and more now. I'm obviously we've always had it. Um, since the dawn of time but I think with social media and the news it's so easy to bully someone or to say something that you would never say to them in person I mean just the respect and manners are have just have changed so much in the last couple of decades and centuries and stuff it's so easy to like be mean or to be funny and be mean or to say something without thinking about the consequences. Well, I think we're also becoming a society where there's this yearning to be heard, which is a very pure and righteous desire. But in the process of being heard, we're criticizing those that aren't hearing us. But yet we're also forgetting that those that are hearing us, we all have different eyes to see things. We all have different perspectives to see things. Uh, I was listening actually to a book by um, Stephen Covey on how one of the biggest problems that we have with conflict is difference of, per of perception. No matter how much we care and love for someone, we are never going to see things the way they see things because we were raised differently. We were we went through different situations to, and everything is the way I look at things is made very different from what everybody else has seen. And so it's that understanding that there's not this right or wrong black and white kind of thing. It's a different perceptions that can come together to understand things. And, and so I see that being twisted so much in society where there are um, people wanting to be heard and seen, which I think is great, but yet there's that other side where because you don't see me, hear me, you're a bad person for not seeing and hear me. And, and so it's being, um, twisted so and so he kind of goes into a little bit of what what our society is going to be like the wars and rumors of wars um and this is the one thing that I, I just can't fathom um that peace would be taken from the earth um it, that just um i can't even comprehend what that means or what that would be like but it kind of scares me a little bit of coming to that moment um and you know and then also realizing that all of this, all of this roars and, and the reason why peace can't be on this earth is because of the contention that is from the devil. Um, and how much our Heavenly Father and our, our Savior are looking down on us with so much love and, and, and weeping for us because he knows that, I love how he says like that, 
that we are into a point where we cannot figure out how to live together in love. Um, and I think that was the problem. I think there is love that each of us have and want to give to each other. We can't figure out how to live together in that love. Um, and so it was just kind of, a, it, it just a very, you know, let's put ourselves a couple of years down the road and see where we're going and realize how important now to live these gospels and embrace these gospels. Um, and so he, he goes now into what the, the anger and conflict that we live around and how we're not in a generation now where we live in where the great depression, where there was barely anything, there was no food. They had to line up for even just the littlest thing um, that we're not in that area, but we're in a completely different area where we're not losing our savings and, and possessions, but we're losing our, our confidence and our faith and our hope and our, our charity for those around us. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it was right here or later on, but it made me think about how, yes, the, don't, no matter, there are people that don't are without, but if you imagine the people in the Great Depression who are literally lived without possessions, how now having possessions where for the most part, because of things that we have, we, you know, even this last year, you know, a lot of people have get, been gotten either stimulus money or there's been a lot of handouts or things like that, that have been able to hopefully take care of everybody, that the things, worldly things that we need have all been in, in, in an abundance for the most part, at least in our world. I know in other worlds, it's a little bit, other um, countries, a little bit tougher than that, that that didn't really solve the problem. There's still contention and fighting and, and, and whatnot. And so it really makes me think how much our faith and hope and grounding is so important that it doesn't matter what you physically have, having that faith in Christ and that peace and that centeredness is what really drives you throughout the day. If that makes sense. Um, anyway, so he kind of goes, um, a little bit of just how, where we're at right now that, and I love how he says like, we cannot afford and this world cannot afford our failure to put the gospel concepts and fortifying covenants to full use personally and publicly. Um, gosh, he makes such big, bold statements in this talk that I really like. that I was, I mean, after reading, I was like, yeah, you're right. Elder Holland, amen. <laughs> you're, you're kind of, usually I like it when he's like kind of warm and fuzzy and I feel like he's giving me a hug, but this time I felt like he was kind of giving me a, um, a little bit more of a, we got to get this going, got to get this going. We got it. We really got to brace onto these things. And so he goes and do, how are we going to do this? How are we going to come amongst us? And he talks about turning to Christ. Christ is the one who has mercy on us. Christ is the one who has everlasting kindness on us. And Christ is the one who's going to grant our peace to, to us. And as we apply the atonement into our lives, that is how that's worth more. We, we can not only that we can have it, that's not going to cost us any money or, or price to have the atonement used in our lives, but that's, what's going to help us heal and be happy um, in these, in these times, in the terminal times. Like when he, um, well, well says that uh, president Nelson taught that, even though, you know, peace will be taken from the earth, that it does not have to be taken from us individually. I thought that was kind of a cool concept to think about because if it is taken from the world, like 
yeah, we can hold on to it personally and hopefully share it with those that are close to us. Yeah, that's definitely, well, and it you know, goes back to President Nelson's, uh, what he's been quoted so many times about of, of building our relationship with the spirit. So that way in those days that we can know how to read the spirit and know how to, I'm definitely not quoting it correctly in the right words, but this idea of that there'll be a day that we can't, um, that, that we'll need to rely on that, that recognizing the spirit, which I'm sure that that spirit is going to be able to help us have the peace um, that we're not able to find on this earth. He then talks about how for the truly difficult problems, we need what the scriptures call the power of heaven. And to access those powers, we need to live by the same by what the same scriptures call the principles of righteousness. And then just below that, he says that the principles of righteousness are include patience, which I don't have that much. <laughs> Suffering, I got that. Gentleness, depends on my day. And then love unfined, which just means genuine love, which I got that too. And um, he goes on to say, Absent those principles, it was certain we would eventually face discord and enmity. When he and uh, talking about Joseph Smith, and when he cried out, like um, while he was in Liberty Jail, I made a list of those when I listened to the talk about what the what the virtues were, and I thought it was interesting that those were the ones that he shared with us well a lot of these things are also taught through huge trials i think that i'm continually reminding myself that you don't really learn a lot of these things because you're just peacefully hanging out and singing or whatever you learn these principles and understand them because of these trials that you go to that are hard and tough and you have to truly lean on the savior and that's all you got that's all you can so lean on the savior and that's where you learn all these principles um that'll help you um be better um and i think that i've been trying to embrace more of suffering and trials so that way the outcome is 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 better in the long run um, thinking and it goes on to just what our, the, our culture is coming to, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're uh, unfortunately, we're kind of twisted in what, and what we, what we have, we have things that are out there that are, uh, I, I love how he says that, um, uh, too often is the sacred is too often being made common and the holy is often too made, too often being made profane, um, I think the beauty of, of God and the beauty of, of these covenants that we make to him are becoming this, you know, run the mill thing instead of an important thing that we're supposed to put to high value and understanding. And I really, I really like, like, at least for me, that, that reminder um, and encouragement and he kind of says that, you know, to, to make sure that if you're tempted to walk or behave in any ways, to don't expect it to lead to a peaceful experience. Um, and it's, I, I, I find myself very easily when, you know, listening to different things, looking, watching shows or 
listening to different podcasts, I can definitely get myself convinced of into a more darker thinking. Um, when I listen to more uplifting thing, my, my thoughts are a little more open and optimistic and um, it's, it's easy to do that. And so it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's important to keep, to check yourself on those things. I do like how before he shares the examples of like the issues we face in the world, like he says, I am an upbeat, cheerful kind of fellow. <laughs> I, I can picture that. And he says, and there's so much that is good and beautiful in our world. Certainly we have more material blessings than any generation in history. And I, I do like that as well sometimes. And I don't know if because general conference is more of a warning to the saints and stuff, but I think sometimes the messages can feel scary because like it, you feel like they're talking about the future, right? Peace is going to be taken from the world and this bad thing's going on and there's so much sin and everyone's losing faith. But I do like that small reminder before he gets into that, that like the world does have a lot of beautiful things to offer too. Like, there, there's a lot we can be grateful for as well. Oh man, you've all heard me list off all the things I'm grateful for that people <laughs> tend to take for granted. Uh, I read a lot of period pieces and I watch a lot of period piece shows and I'm always so thankful that, you know, I flick a switch and I have electricity. I turn on the faucet and I have water. I don't have to go and pump it myself or bring it up with a bucket and then boil it and strain it and just hope that I boiled it at a high enough temperature for a long enough time to be healthy. There's so many things that we take for granted and I, we've all kind of been spoiled and things like when he's talking about sacred things have become too common. I mean, just with our TV shows and our language and um, the things that people would show on TV. I mean, um, and I love Lucy, Des and Lucy didn't even sleep in the same bed because they thought that it was inappropriate for TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now it's like they do all kinds of stuff um, on shows. And it it's sad that we've let go of this bar that was set from our ancestors to be respectful and, and grateful and um, I don't I, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but just in seeing the difference of where we are today and what we've come from in the different ways. And a lot of ways we have all these material blessings, but then we also have a lot of stuff that would just be crazy if it happened, you know, back in the 1800s or in things. Well, he kind of ends the talk on kind of a, powerful subject um and he talks about um you know for any forms of, of abuse that people that have to go to and, and how tragic and and horrible it is um for someone to go through through any of that and and i, I you know he at first is talk, you know, he quotes President Hinckley on 
how anybody and he's he's, and i and he refers to uh, at this time a man um who abuses his wife and demeans her insults her exercises unrighteous dominion over her is unworthy to hold the priesthood and is unworthy to hold a temple recommend um and kind of goes back to you know it's equal to speak equally despicable for child abuse or any, any kind of abuse at all um and you know, it's interesting in so many different things that I, I fear are going to be coming out of um, in this world of, of, of things that are being done, whether it's, you know, physical, um, emotional, sexual abuse or anything like that. Those, those, those all are huge things that need to be, um, that need to be stopped. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think people rasp how, how damaging it is to people and how much it hurts, hurts people, the things that happen when, when they're a a part of something like that. Um, And, but fortunately we have, we do have the savior. Um, I have definitely witnessed for how the atonement has, has changed people, has changed, um, healed people and, and helped people, but it's such a huge understanding of what our world is unfortunately getting into. Um, I hope that the pandemic wasn't horrible to bring more abuse on, but I fear that it has. Um, But more than ever, do we need to know that people are loved? And more than ever, do we people need people need to know that there is an atonement? The atonement is so different for so many people. It's so hard to explain because it's, it's, it it heals in such a a beautiful and, and in some ways magical way. But we do need to have people out there understanding that there, there is a love of our Savior that's there for, for them, that they are worth it, and that they're there um, to be heard and to be seen and, and valued. Um, and so I think it's very timely to understand of how important this is a critical issue, as well as helping us be able to purify ourselves and to remember that we are not of this world. We are of a, a greater kind. We have heavenly uh, traits that we can aspire, aspire to. And we need to be looking to those so that way we can be able to help ourselves and most importantly, help others. So that way they can see that in themselves too. Um, but that was the talk from Elder Hall. Unless you guys had a couple comments to, to leave about that last little bit. Um, I do when I share my quote. Okay. Well, let's get on to the quotes. I believe I'm starting first. Um, the one I have says that the truly difficult problems, we need what the scriptures call the powers of heaven. Um, I... I, I do believe in the powers of heaven. I do believe that through so many different ways, our heavenly father is trying to reach out to us through ministering angels, um, through the, the spirit, through our savior. And we need that help. And we need to trust and hope that that help is there for us. And we need to, to call upon heaven to access that power. Um, and it takes time and it takes patience. And it takes um, lots of prayer, but that that power of heaven is there to help everybody. 
I know I've seen it in my life, at least I've seen it. Um, and so hopefully everybody else can, can get, see it too for them. Kristen, the one quote we all wanted, she beat us out of it. Hey, usually I'm the first to give mine up. So I appreciate it letting me win on this one. Um, it's at the end when uh, Elder Holland is talking about abuse and he says with emphasis, um, everyone has the right to be loved, to feel peaceful and to find safety at home. And I've shared a little bit over the last year that we've been doing our podcast, but I grew up in an abusive household and it was really, I basically just lived in fear and we never knew what we were going to come home to. So I, it was really important to me in creating a home and starting a family to have a home that was a refuge for my children, that the spirit could be in our home that people would like to gather and feel comfortable um, because abuse, whether you're the victim, if you're the perpetrator, or if you're just the um, spectator, has lasting effects on you. But I know firsthand that the atonement can help heal those breaks in your heart and so I just thought it was important to know that everybody has that right to be loved to feel peace and to have safety in their home thank you Jamie we've had some very wonderful thoughts left please finish it off and keep the spirit in it Try my best. <laughs> so mine is um, it's during the part where he's talking about how, like, even faithful families are guilty of speaking unkindly to one another. And he says, no one can employ a sharp tongue or unkind words and still sing the song of redeeming love. I thought, dang, how powerful and right is he insane that I remember growing up, I had this friend and whenever her and her sister got in a fight because they were close in age, her parents made them start saying the mean words to each other to the song, I am a child of God. So it was like, I really hate, and they couldn't do it because it's like such a spiritual song. You're talking about being a child of God. Oh my goodness. And so right away, they would, they would quit talking badly to one another because they just could not sing a song about being a child of God. Well, to, to the tune and use bad words or mean language. And that's always stuck in my mind. Because it's true. It's even when I play spiritual music in my house, it's hard for me to have bad thoughts while I'm listening to it because there's just something about music, especially, you know, spiritual music or inspiring music that just kind of leaves a peace in your heart. And so I think that's so true. You cannot speak unkindly and at the same time sing a song of love. 
That's so true. My grandma growing up, if we were tattling, she'd be like, you can tell me, but you have to sing it. <laughs> Every time we'd have to tattle, we'd have to sing it to her, which is like what you were saying. So I'm going to tell my children, they have to do it to the tune of I am a child of God. Yes, because the, those are the words that go into their head, you know? Is yeah, even Matt knows the words to that song, and he's not a member. <laughs> we sing it so much. But yeah, whenever you're mad at, like, your husband or something, just start trying to sing everything you're mad at him about to I'm a child of God and Jamie I would love to hear your kids sing bad words to I'm a child of God to each other my kids yes I mean I'm sure my kids are the exception to the rule (laughs) (laughs) I'd still pay good money to watch that video I totally would totally would well I'll try to record it when they're super angry at each other next time We'll be in a few minutes, probably. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that is the talk from Elder Hall and from Sooth by Sisters. Thank you so much for uh, hanging with out with us. And um, you know, if you have any thoughts or impressions, please, we love hearing your thoughts. Um, thank you so much for everybody's uh, testimonies and thoughts and sharing that 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 you you share with us. We we appreciate your support. Um, if you get a chance, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, hopefully you use Apple, whatever other means you use. Leave us a review, share with your friends. We'd love for more people to sit with and more testimonies to be heard. And we will see you next time on Sitting With My Sisters. Adios. Bye.